started with the message here. So what I need you guys to do right now is close your eyes. Everybody have their eyes closed? Lawrence has got his eyes closed. Everybody, nobody thinks of a pink monkey. Okay. Whatever. Don't think about pink monkeys. Okay. Don't picture the little arms and legs. They're climbing from a tree, and you know, you know, the, or the kind of monkey where their butts all bald and there's hair everywhere. Don't think of that monkey. Are you sure? Yes. No pink monkeys. Okay. You can open your eyes now. So, how many of you guys didn't think of a pink monkey? Nobody thought of a pink monkey. It's a real monkey, yes. No, it's not. No, is it like someone in the room? Is that the rock? No, this is that like a, one of those mall areas, those open mall like business areas. That's awesome. Dude, that's sure. Ed, 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 if you can find, like if I can go to ACF and you can find a pink monkey suit, I will wear it. Oh, I know you will, man. I will. You can find no, everybody does. Nobody like is embarrassed of wearing a costume and being a dork in front of everybody because nobody knows who you really who you really are. You know, that's why Halloween everybody loves it. You know. Run around the stage while someone's playing. Yo, yo. Down at the competition, the firefighters head. There's this monkey. Oh yeah. He ran in the middle of the football game. All the firefighters chased him. Scared Vanessa. It was crazy. Scared Vanessa, and then there was a lion. There was a lion, and he was laying on the ground like a rock, and he bounced up. All right, guys, what we're going to do, I'm going to go ahead and pray right now so we can get a little focus here. And I got, I got a word for you. You guys okay with that? A little quick word. Father God, tonight we just come before you humbly, Lord. We thank you for our worship time, Lord. I thank you that we can come together in fellowship as, a, as believers, Lord God, and um, even non-believers alike, Lord God. We can just come together and we can feed off each other. And God, I just pray that uh, tonight, again, that you would, you would come into our hearts, that you speak to us and find the parts and pieces of our, of our lives that need correction or, or whatever, God. Um, we, just, we open ourselves up to you and to, to speak into our lives and do what you will in us, God. We give it to you in Jesus' name. And we all said it. All right. So, yeah. So the problem here was what? When I told you guys to close your eyes and I told you to think, don't think of a pink monkey. What happened? Like, you can't do it. You thought of a pink elephant instead. Huh? But just the, no, I don't think so. So I want to talk about how like a similar thing actually happens, guys, when we talk about guarding our hearts. That's what I want to talk about tonight, is about guarding our hearts and what we fill up our, our lives with, okay? Um, so what we have to do is when we talk about guarding our hearts, we have to talk more about than just what we shouldn't do, you know? Uh, like the things like we shouldn't think about the hurt, we shouldn't think about the pain, we shouldn't think about, uh, you know, about the media, what, what media puts in our heads. You know, there's, there's a lot of things out there that it's all these don'ts, especially if you go to youth group enough, people start telling you, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. The Bible is not about don'ts, it's about the do's. You know, so we gotta, we got to try to turn our thinking around so that we can actually start living this, uh, this abundant life, you know, this fulfilled life that's promised to us. So we're not all moping around all the time under this weight of, and of the world, okay? So what I want to do is look at Philippians 4, 8 real quick. Brandon's going to throw it up there. <laughs> Brandon's going to throw it up. Here we go, Philippians 4, 8. Who wants to read that? You can read it from the screen. I'm going to let Phil shoot up this one. Go ahead, man. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, think about these things. Whatever is excellent, or 
true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, mm -hmm. whatever is admirable. admirable. Think about what things? Such things. Like what? Like what are these right, such things? Right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Brother. Brother. That's right, brother. Brother. I'm going to go to another video real quick. Uh, check this out. If you had one wish, what would it be? One wish, I think I'd be... Rich and famous. If you had one wish, what would it be? I would say I would say money, a substantial amount of money. Why? Because you know everybody wants to have the money, the power, and of course you know the women. Because you know it's a vehicle to do the things that that I want to do. Tell me one thing you personally wish for. Wealth. Get a lot of money. Um, a million dollars. A million dollars. Someone to go grocery shopping for me this afternoon. <laughs> Tell me something you personally wish for. A boat and a happy life. Probably about a billion dollars or so. I could own Microsoft. <laughs> I just need a million. I need a billion. That's just too much hassle. About a million. Set me off. Get me started on the right track. One thing I personally wish for? Oh, you don't want to know that right now. What do you wish for? What do I wish for? <laughs> to be retired. <laughs> I think I would just wish for more time with my family. Productive time happiness in everything I do. Like, no matter what it is, I guess always be happy and always be content with myself. Oh, that's easy. I wish for a career that satisfies me as opposed to <laughs> what I'm doing right now. <laughs> okay, three things to wish for. Hmm, well, I'm not too much of a materialistic kind of guy. It'd probably just be to actually know what I want from life. How about that? That's one. Um, new car. Well, I'm not too much of a materialistic kind of guy. If you had three wishes, what would they be? Have a good job. Being with friends. And... Uh, a vacation anywhere. Where anywhere? Mm, Hawaii. Tell me three things you would wish for. A home, a car, and a really good woman. <laughs> Is that all? I wish that I just didn't have to work at all. One day the rest of my life, I'd just sit on the beach and relax. I live in Jamaica. That's, that's, that's my wish, man. Not to live here, to go to Jamaica and just, you know, live it up. Tell me why. Because you can. I don't know, there's mad fine ladies over there. And there's, there's all the pot you can smoke, all the rum you can drink, white sand beaches. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's, it's, it's just the place, you know what I mean? Well, also money, if, if I could add another thing to that list, so that I would never have to worry and everything, I would have everything I need. I wish I was sitting on top of the world. Making millions of dollars, controlling the earth, controlling every function, you know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't have to worry about anything if I was making money. I wouldn't have to worry about anything if I was making money. Wow. Man, so how many of you guys would... Like the Jamaica guy. <laughs> Yo, you like that guy, huh? <clears throat> Did you guys catch that guy who said, like, I'm not much of a materialistic kind of a guy, uh, so I guess I'd... You know, wish, wish to be happy or a car but I'm not materialistic I'm like okay interesting let's go to the next slide here it's actually James 1.14 um, 
Really quick, though, you know, think about this. What is it about this that, that people think that it's, money is going to fulfill their life, their desires? What is that? It's you, life, that's not going to fulfill your desires. How many of you guys in here want everything that God has for you? Everything that God has for you. If you're not raising your hand, you should be kicked in the backside. But how do you know what those are? How do you know what the things are that God wants for your life? Can I read James 1.14? Matthew's going to read James 1.14 for me. But each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he's dragged away and taught. Is that James 1.14? Yeah, it's the same. It's just a different translation. Okay. What's James? It stands for the Message Bible. The Message Translation. Okay. And this version actually says, the temptation to give in to evil comes from us and us only. We have no one to blame but the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. We, sometimes we, we, we get so crowded with what the media says and what the world says that we want that we don't have a clue what God wants for us in our lives. And the temptation of that can be overwhelming and it can lead us astray. We, don't even, we get so distracted, we don't know. right? So I need you guys to, to really try to stay with me tonight, okay? Um, but what, what James is talking about here, he's talking about, um, he's cautioning us against being enticed by the world. To see the world, the world lures us by getting, to, getting us to look long enough that we get distracted from what God wants and then we get drawn in by what the enemy wants. The more we look at temptation or tempting things, the more, the more we say, I need that. I'm really going to do it. I'm just, I, I just got to do it. But the more we ponder it, the more it entices us, the more it fuels us, the more it energizes us to do that thing. You know, think about, you guys are snowboarders, right? A lot of snowboarders in here? Skier. Skier? That's cool. Skiers? Plankers unite. Yes. Okay. Planker. <laughs> now, I, you know, I'm a tennis player. You know, I love tennis. And it, I get enticed, especially when it comes down uh, to the last major that we had, which was the U.S. Open. You know, I get focused. I'm just like, I got to go out. I watch a game. I got to go out and play. You guys, you probably see the same way, right? You, go, you see these snowboarding videos. People are hitting these big, these big jibs and these gap jumps, and they're flipping. And you're like, I can't wait for snow. I can't wait for snow. Doesn't that entice you to want to go out there and do more? Is that crazy? Yeah. See, that, that's, but this is what our hearts are like, you know? Um, think of a sponge. You guys, you all got a sponge in your head? Don't think of a pink sponge, whatever you do. Think of a yellow sponge. Can I think of a pink, um, one of those pink uh, cloth things you see at the mall all the time? Yes, think of a, of a, a terry cloth towel or whatever. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but think of that, okay? Whatever that is, think about it. Fine, whatever. <laughs> and what happens when you dip that thing in vinegar? It sucks up the vinegar, right? Now take that same cloth that's full of vinegar, go take it over to this oil bucket and dip it in oil. What happens? Now it's, now it's got vinegar, it's got oil in it. Now take it over to this bowl of peanut butter. Peanut butter doesn't really absorb well into a sponge, but it's all stuck all over it, right? But basically now, would you take that sponge and go wash your car with it? Yeah, good luck. But what that smell like a peanut car? It smells like peanuts. That's a lot of nuts. <laughs> but the sponge becomes worthless, right? There's nothing. It's stinky. And it's un, unable to do what? It's unable to accomplish its purpose. It's unable to wash the car. Of course, the sponge wouldn't wash the car by itself. You would do the washing with the sponge. But you're unable to do that, right? So that's what our hearts are like, you know? They absorb what we expose them to. The longer we stare at advertisements or websites or these things of the world, the more, you know, we get, we get uh, calloused and stuff, you know? Um, 
the more we want those things. Okay, here's another illustration. Think of a this, this illustration has been used for time management stuff, but I'm going to use it for a different purpose. But um, think of a of a mason jar or one of those big old pickle jars that you get those big old long pickles out of. They're so tasty, you know. Um, so you take that jar and you put a bunch of big rocks inside that jar. How many and fill it up to the top? How many of you guys say that that jar is full? It's not full. Not completely, right? So now uh, let's take a bunch of little pebbles and let's just fill, fill it up, out, you know, to fill in the gaps where those you know, big rocks were exposing them. Now is that thing full? There's still gaps between it, right? Okay, so now let's take out, let's put sand inside of it and fill it full of sand. Is it full now? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah, some of it will filter. It won't fill into all the cracks because, I mean, it's really hard unless you've got one of those you know, syringes or something. I don't know. But, so now you take water and you pour water in. And what happens? And it fills up all the gaps, you right? You bang, you drop the glass gently on the table like three times, and it'll shift So the jar is full, right? It's full now, right? Would you say it's full? Yeah. What happens to our lives when we fill up so much full of junk and you can't put any more in there? And God wants to, he's all, he's all, man, I really, you know, you're saving everything, that's great, but I got so much more for you now to fulfill your life. You know, I got this gift that I want to give to you, but if I gave it to you right now, you'd probably implode. <laughs> so what I need you to do is I need you to cut, I need you to get rid of that piece of, in your life that's dishonoring to me. I need you to get rid of it. And what happens? He fills that gap, doesn't he? He fills that gap. So think about the last time you really you wanted to see a really great movie. What's what's a movie out there right now that you haven't seen that you really really want to see? G.I. Joe. Me too, man. <laughs> no, no, dude, come on, gotta be a better movie than that. Oh, I want to see Alice in Wonderland. You want to see something better than G.I. Joe, and you say Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> 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 Is it like a horror version or something? I think so. Really? Great. Okay, but what happens? Like, you, you can't stop thinking about this, right? It's just like the whole snowboarding thing. You can't think it. You can't stop thinking about it until you go and see it. Actually, I want to see this movie. Sucks. So you go. What happens before? Like, have you ever seen a movie like that? Then you actually went and saw it, and you were like, "This is lame. Why did I?" Man, the first scary movie was like that for me. I'm like, "That looks hilarious." I went in and sat through the first ten minutes. I'm like, "What am I watching?" <laughs> Oh my gosh! And so I, we walked out of this out of the. I'm like, oh, that was horrible. Um, that was a scary movie. It's it's not a movie. It's not something I recommend for sure. So, but see, what I'm talking about here is bigger than just one movie. The more the more we stare at the mo- at the world, what happens? Like, what, let's just go over what I just said. What happens the more we look at something that's not that's not good for us? What happens? We we deserve it. Absorb it, yes. Yeah, we absorb it, sure. We want to do it more. The more we look at it, the more we want to get our hands around it, right? Okay, so um, (laughs) the world's going to tell you what you need to be happy. But a lot of that stuff, guys, is contrary to the Word of God. 
And that's where we need, that's where it comes important to know the word. I'm happy you brought your Bible here, you too. Man, this is something that we need to, we should be carrying that thing wherever we go, man. And just looking at it and looking, asking God for guidance because without the knowledge of the word, we're, we're, we're Christians, but we're still, we're like blind Christians in, in a dark world. We don't know how to do battle unless we know the, the weapon that we're using, you know? So do you ever, do you ever get mad at yourself because you try to follow God, but you keep falling away? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Believe me, guys, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I understand. But God says that His grace is enough. Um, not that we shouldn't stop trying. You know, God wants us to really work on the things because, again, how are we going to get that gift from God unless we can get that thing out of our life? You know? And we want all that God has for us, right? Say, I want all that God has for me. Okay. Okay, but see, here's the problem. The reason we keep falling away is because, again, we stare at these temptations long enough for them to fuel our desires. Temptation puts those desires in our heart until finally it's like a car running off a cliff because the driver gets distracted. Pink. Well, it depends if it's a hot wheel or uh, no. Um. <laughs> But the same, the same thing can happen to us. You know, we get distracted from Jesus long enough that we throw our own lives off a cliff. And I've seen Christians, that, these proclaiming Christians, that, that feel like, okay, God's grace is enough, so I'm going to go out and live it up and then ask God forgive for His forgiveness. So those are called um, grace abusers, not grace users, you know. Um, but here, look at, the, look at this, um, this scripture here real quick. The Bible tells us to set our minds on things, to set our minds on the... Uh, to set our minds on the flesh leads to death, but to set our minds on the spirit leads to life and peace. Romans 8, 6. Whoa, how'd that get? That was the previous one. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, real quick, I want to see how good you guys are at, at, uh, at counting and paying attention. Okay, so I'm going to throw up another video here. Check this one out. Do what it says. This is an awareness If you know test. this, don't say anything to anybody else, but just watch how many passes does the team in white make? Go! No. The answer is 13. Yeah! 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 But did you see the moonwalking bear? You still didn't see it? Go ahead and fire it again. But we're going to play this one halfway through. an awareness test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But here it comes again. Did you see the moonwalking bear? Alright, guys, go find your seat. Watch what this says at the end here. It's easy to miss something you're not looking for. 
It's easy to miss something you're not looking for. You guys weren't looking for it the first time, right? So you didn't see them walking. If you're not looking for Jesus, it's going to be easy to miss the move of God. So guys, when it comes to worship times, when it comes to experiencing God, when you're in a corporate situation like we were tonight, worshiping God, man, if you want to see God move, then let's give Him everything we have because it's possible that you could miss God. And that's something we don't want to miss. Man, God can move in some amazing ways and He can tell you things about your life that you have no clue about. And it might be time for you to hear something and you, can't, you end up not hearing it because you're distracted by something else. Colossians 3.2, the next scripture says, Let heaven fill your thoughts. Do not think only about things down here on the earth. The key word here on the first scripture we were talking about, it says, uh, to set our minds on the flesh leads to death, but to set our minds on the spirit leads to life. Next scripture, let heaven fill your thoughts. The key word here is fill. What, we're trying to, what are we trying to fill our lives with? What is it that we're trying to make our lives feel worthy? Why, what are we trying to do to make our lives feel worthy of living? You know, there, there's one thing that, that all of us have here um, that makes us unique and it also unites us as one body in Christ. And it's, it's something called a choice. We all have a choice. It's too bad we have a choice to set our minds and the hearts on, on and hearts on and minds on the, in the right direction on the things of God. But it's too bad that we just we can't just plug in to like the Matrix. Isn't that a bummer? You guys watch Chuck. It's too bad you don't have an intersect in your head. They can just like and th- oh, Chuck is amazing. Yeah. Too bad it doesn't start back up until March, but. Um, wouldn't that be cool? I mean, wouldn't it be cool that you could just pull scriptures out of the air like the Matrix where, oh, I know how to fly a helicopter. Load me up, Skippy. Or whatever the guy's name was. Um, but, that was so cool that was Yes. But what I'm trying to say here is, is that it just doesn't happen naturally. It takes a conscious, focused effort to get things done especially when you want to see what God has for you. Godly living is not the natural course for our life. Uh, I mean, it's just not natural. Our sinful nature keeps dominating us, but we don't have to live it that way, guys. I want you to say this with me. My sinful nature doesn't have to dominate me. Say it. My sinful nature doesn't have to dominate me. Now say it with the exclamation point. My sinful nature does not have to dominate me. No, That's right. <laughs> Stop. James one twenty one. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted into your hearts for it's strong enough to save your souls. It's only one flower. Isn't that cool? Okay, so in Romans 8, like back, back up to what we said in Romans 8, 6, it says, this says to set our hearts. What does it mean to set our hearts? It means that we have to focus our hearts, our attentions, our affections or what, on whatever is true. Back in Philippians when we read earlier, we've got to focus our minds. We've got to set our minds on the, what is true, what is noble, what is lovely. And the more desire we have to go in the right direction, as our good desires build, they'll thrust our lives with something I like to call, well, I don't have to like to call it because this is what it's called, the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. Dunamis. Greek, you've heard me say this before, and I say it all the time because I think it's really important that we all get the dunamis power of the Holy Spirit. It stands, it's a Greek word for basically a dynamite or um, an explosive reaction of the power of the Holy Spirit in your lives to overcome the things and get rid of the things in your life so that God can move in and fully and abundantly fill you up. I want that. Do you guys want that? I want that. We go, 
Now, guys, we guard our hearts by setting our minds and hearts on the things above, which we've read. Okay, but think about the concept of setting your mind. If you have a set mind, you don't just fill it with anything left, that comes in left and right. You, know, you don't just fill it with like, the junk music that's out there. You don't just fill it with you know, um, a conversation with a friend that, you know, that, that's going nowhere and that has a lot of profanity or is using um, you know, phallic, phallic symbols and phallic w- uh, words or whatever. You, know? um, if, you just got to you know, dismiss those things. You know, you've got to have it set on Him. You don't just let anything come into your mind. You choose what you listen to. And you choose what you put in, okay? Uh, Everything that that goes into our our ears, into our minds, what what it should do is the Bible should be the filter. You know, the coffee filter, if you would, which is uh, really biblical. The Bible says that guys are supposed to make the coffee, right? Right. Hebrews. Hebrews. Classic joke, right? No, but (laughs) the filter, right? What happens with the filter in the coffee pot? The coffee stays in the filter, the water goes through it, and the, the water absorbs the flavor of the coffee beans, and then we get the drink. We, but we don't drink the grounds, right? What happens is the, the Bible needs to be our filter, guys. It needs to filter out the junk of the world, and we need to receive what God has. Okay? We need the pure milk, if you will, the Bible talks about. Yeah. You, don't, you just don't let your eyes stare at whatever you happen to see. You, you choose to keep your eyes on what is holy, right? In Psalms, I'm going to finish up here and then play one last video. It says in Psalms, it says that the more we set our minds and hearts on Him, the more we desire water in a dry and weary land. That's in Psalm 63. Um, the more we hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know, it's, the Bible says, that, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst, for they shall be filled." Oh. Psalms 42. It's, it talks about the deer who pants uh, for the water. You know, there, our souls will long after Him. You know, these are the things that will bring fruitfulness and fulfillness to our lives. That's what we need to focus on. So um, I'm going to play this last video, and then we'll, um, I'll just come up, we'll pray, maybe do some praying for each other real quick, and uh, we'll close the evening. But really stay focused in this video, because I think that this person has something to speak to every one of you here that you will really relate to. You guys ready? Let's go to this video. One day I was driving in my car when the engine slowly dies out, and as it dawns on me that I'm either going to get out and start pushing the car, or begin searching for a gas station in the summer heat, I start asking myself how I reached this point. How did I go so long without ever filling up? Was I really so oblivious that I missed the gas gauge drop below E? I am always waiting until the last second to fill my tank. I think that's what happens a lot of times in our lives. We go so long running on fumes and become so used to going on empty that we begin to believe this is how our lives are supposed to be. But then there always comes this point where even the fumes we've been running on finally get burned up. There's nothing left and we find ourselves outside in the heat realizing we're far from where we wanted to be. Do you ever feel empty? Do you ever have one of those days where you wake up and there's nothing there? No emotions, no motivations, no aspirations, absolutely nothing. You are running below E. Most of the time, my life feels like this room. 
totally void of any purpose, cold and incomplete. But even though everything I see and everything around me seems pointless, I know there's more. I know I was designed with an incredible purpose that goes so far beyond the incomplete reality that I exist in. I've heard it been called a full life or a deeper experience, one where I'm passionately living out my life to the full extent I was created to. As I started thinking about it, I've begun to realize I'm not the only one who gets this deep desire for more. I sense it in the lives of people all around me. I see it in some of the insane things that people do for attention. I hear it in the voice of my generation constantly. It's this nagging, this screaming inside of everyone I know who is dying for more. This whole conflict between the reality that we exist in and the completeness we all know we were meant for has been controlling my life. So lately, I've been trying to figure out what it is, why it's there, and who will fix it. I've done and tried a million different things to fill my emptiness. I've used pride to try to downplay it. I've tried friends to avoid it. I've used lust to try to mask it. I've used theft to try to forget it. I've tried selfishness to control it. I've used TV and the internet to try to tune it out. I've used lies to try to cover it up. I've used sex to try to fill it. I've tried money, cheating, alcohol and drugs, bitterness, success. And all those things make me feel full for a while. But after the party is over, after the porno ends, after the high is gone, after my friends leave, or right after I finally get what I thought I wanted, I'm left with nothing. I'm left alone, empty, and dry. So where do I go from here? How do I get outside of the walls of my emptiness? I mean, I know I can't fill it on my own. If I could, I wouldn't be waking up every morning empty and going through life incomplete. Could it be that this space can only be filled by one thing? As I was looking for answers, I picked up my Bible and turned to a story about the woman in the well. The woman in this story has a bad reputation in her town. She's been with five men and the man she's with now isn't her husband. She's a hurting girl who's been trying so hard to fill the emptiness on her own. Jesus approaches her at the well, and instead of asking why she's so evil, or how she sunk so low, he simply asks for a drink of water. Ashamed and caught off guard, the girl asks, Why are you asking me for a drink of water? And what Jesus says next is the reason I'm a Christian. He tells her, If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you'd be asking me for a drink, and I would give you my fresh, living water. Maybe the missing piece that's designed to fill our emptiness is the same thing that girl was missing years ago. His living water. It's something that can't be totally understood or completely defined in words. It's the love of God, your creator and savior, who has not only made you perfect in him, but loves you perfectly regardless of what you become. Maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're not, I don't know. But I do know that everyone has either been in this room or is still trapped inside of it. Like me, you're probably thinking, that sounds great, but I've never had it work for me. I've never experienced that full life even though I am a Christian. And you know what? I'd say you're right. I've never really experienced it either. I've never had it work for me either. But maybe it's never worked for us because we've been doing it all wrong. Have you ever had a huge test you didn't know about until the day before? 
So that night, you're cramming in all this information so you can make a decent grade the next day. But you get to class the next morning, the teacher puts the paper down on your desk, you begin working, and you immediately realize that all the stuff you've been studying the night before isn't even close to what the test is actually over. That's exactly how I feel about my spiritual life. Like Christianity is a class I can study for. Like if I read my Bible 15 minutes a day, pray before every meal, and go to church every Sunday, then I'm a good Christian. Sometimes I get stuck studying in this class of Christianity for months, trying to live by the rules, say the right words, go to the right Bible studies, you know, do the whole good Christian kid thing. But this just leaves me feeling even more empty. I find myself so desperate that I start crying out to God. Lord, where are you? Don't you love me? But then every once in a while, I get a small taste of what real Christianity is. Maybe it comes in a message at church that really grabs my heart and wakes me up. Sometimes it's just being outside in creation, taking in all the beauty around me. But I most often see what true fulfillment is in the lives of others. When you see someone who truly loves God and loves to serve Him, you can just see in their face how full they are. They're overflowing with that living water. And that's when I remember, Christianity isn't a class, it's a relationship. It isn't about following all the right rules or being a good Christian. It's about knowing your Savior, the God who loves you more than you can ever understand in a real and personal way. Right now, we're all looking at shattered reflections of who we're truly meant to be. But the most amazing part of this whole struggle is that every day Christ is there offering us His living water. He wants us to live in that fulfilled zone where we're not dragged down by the things we use to try to fill our emptiness. He asks us simply to throw Him our sin and our shame because He knows we can't deal with it on our own. But He can. And finally, after we've admitted to ourselves we can't live a life of meaning without Him, cried out to God for rescue, and surrendered all we are over to Him, we can finally be free to live that life of purpose and fulfillment we know we were all meant for. What's left to do is to let the tension in our lives build and allow the empty gap in our souls to widen, or allow God to break through that wall we know shouldn't be there, and let His wave of fulfillment come rushing in. In John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, My purpose is to give life, and life in all its fullness. God desires deeply for us to live our life out to the full extent He created us to. He is pushing against the other side of that wall, wanting to fill you, just waiting for you to take the last step and come to Him. And when you finally do, it feels so good to be released from your mistakes. 
to be released from your shame, to be free from your guilt. No matter who you are, how far you've fallen, or how empty you've been, Christ washes it all away. You know, I wish I could say from now on we will never go empty again. But we are still human. We will make more mistakes. Our tanks won't always be full. But maybe that's the beauty of it. We are constantly going to have to keep coming back to our Creator when we go empty again. So that we may realize we depend on Him for everything that holds meaning in life. Maybe that's what being full is all about. Depending on God instead of trying to live on our own. This is a quote by a guy named Ron Luce. Uh, he wrote this in a book um, called Something About the Heart. I can't remember what it, what it is offhand right now, but it says, No one thinks something little is big because of its gradual, gradual growth. Even by the time it is overgrown, that person will still see it as small. Unless his focus is upward, will he be able to see the inward degeneration of this cancer? Uh, we're talking about um, being full tonight and the things that are in our lives right now that we need to get out of the way so that God can fill us up all the way. So let's pray right now. I want you guys to th- go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads. Think of that rock in that mason jar right now and how we tried to fill it up with rocks and pebbles and sand and with water or whatever. It was still it was full and there was no room for anything else. And that's somehow that's like our lives. So what what can we remove from that jar of our lives that will give God more room to move in our lives? Once you got that thing, I want you to go ahead and ask God for His help and for His forgive and for His forgiveness for you allowing that thing to take preeminence over Him. Father, tonight we come before you, Lord, and we, we recognize there's things in our lives that, that are um, hindering us from walking in the fullness of what you have for us, God. And tonight we want to repent of those things, God. As our friend up here shared with us about, um, you know, how it's, we can never be too, no, no matter how far we, we've fallen, how, how empty we are, Lord God, uh, you are, you're still God, you're, you're Jesus, and, and you can wash it all away, God. Lord, tonight I, just, I pray for that, the one boulder that we're focusing on in our own lives tonight, Lord God, that you would give us grace and you give us mercy, Lord God, and that you would help us to deal with that, with the power of your Holy Spirit come in and remove that thing from our life. Lord God, if it's multiple things in our lives, God, remove it right now. We ask in the name of Jesus, you have the power to do this. And God, maybe there's, there's some of us in here tonight that haven't fully given our lives over to you, God, tonight. So tonight we want to Give them an opportunity to, to meet you as Lord and Savior and, and realize this relationship that they can have with you, God. 
So if you've never asked Jesus in your life to become the Lord and Savior of your life so that you can have eternity with Him, it's really simple. The Bible says that uh, we're all sinners and that uh, sin leads to death, but it's the gift of God that leaves, leads us to eternal life, which is Jesus. So it's really simple. All you do is you, you say this prayer with me. If you've never said this prayer, just go ahead and pray this prayer with me right now. Father God, Jesus, we recognize that I am a sinner and that I need you. God, I realize that you can wash away my sin and make me whole. Jesus, would you come and forgive me of my sin tonight? Take control of my life now, God. I give it into your hands that I might live for you and be a witness for you, God. You are my Lord and Savior. And I thank you right now for the forgiveness of sins because of your Son who died on the cross for me. And now for the rest of us in here that uh, are recommitting our lives to Him and giving over our lives to Him tonight, there's one last scripture I want to put up on here on the board. And if we could just read this together to close this evening. say that, Read this scripture as a prayer. Um, even those of you that, if you gave your life to Christ tonight, read this scripture with me. Train me, God, to walk straight. Then I'll follow your true path. Put me together, one heart and mind. Then undivided, I'll worship in joyful fear. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you, dear Lord. God, I thank you for everyone in here tonight that prayed this prayer and have come to know you, God. I pray that you give us power now, Lord God, to move ahead with our lives in you, God, that you would take us up to new levels of faith and take us up to new levels of our Christianity. And God, give us this, this living water that just envelops us and fills us and overflows us to be your witnesses, God, and to live this abundant life. Thank you that we can have relationship with people and we can have relationship with you, God, which is the most important, God. And we thank you that we can't do it on our own. I thank you for the church as a body and as a whole. God, thank you for moving among us here tonight, God. Until we meet again, we give us our lives just fully into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys are awesome. Thanks for being here. Don't forget Cell Group next Thursday, 6.30, guys. At the Stingles. Yeah, this Thursday. We're still going to meet. If that's cool with you guys, you guys still want to meet? Hang cool, out? Cool. cool. Can we go out to dinner again? <laughs> no, dude. 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 No,